0: Well, hello, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, this is Brayden, and I'm super excited to have you here for our April profit report. Now, if you are new ish to the podcast, you might be wondering what's happening here. It's pretty self explanatory. This is my personal profit report. So sometimes it does feel a little weird for me to just be like sharing all of my numbers. Like, why would I be doing that? It seems like braggy on the good months and awkward on the not as good months. But I do this so that you can all just get a picture, like an insight as to how I look at my own numbers, because I think it's something we don't talk about enough. Like, how do we do profit projections? How do we do revenue projections and look at our expenses in terms of our revenue? All this kind of stuff. How do we plan for the future? How do we deal with not hitting goals? how do we deal with hitting goals? And what do we do with our money? All of this kind of stuff. Now, I do like to bring people on and interview them and ask them these questions. But most people are not as comfortable sharing their numbers. So I don't get to ask as nosy questions as I would sometimes like to. Um, but if you do like the format of this show, make sure that you are subscribed and that you stick around because they have a couple of interviews coming up in the next month or so that you are going to love with some pretty stellar guests, if I say so myself. Now, last week, I chatted with my new friend, Melissa, who's a fractional CFO. That means that she essentially is like the financial manager planner person who helps other businesses with their finances. So you probably know what a CFO is, right? That works full-time for a company. A fractional CFO does that job for multiple clients. So they have their own business. They're not salaried, but it's a super helpful and important role. Until we can afford to have a CFO. And typically, I didn't ask Melissa. I think I did ask Melissa what her clients make on average. I don't know if I asked her that on the podcast, though. But typically, I find most people aren't going to hire a fractional CFO, until they have a seven-figure business. So that milestone might be a little while away for most of us, in which case, we really need to be able to do this on our own. And by listening to this profit report, I, again, just hope that it helps get you a little bit better about looking at your own finances. I, When I outline these episodes, I actually learn a lot about myself and my business and my own process as well, which is super fun. So my goal for April, just to dive straight into this, my goal from April was to hit $15,000. Actually, it was $18,000 for April. But my goal for this year was to hit $15,000 each month. That was my goal basically as my baseline. And then during launch months to make more. But I only really hit that in January. I don't even know why I say only really. I only hit that in January. What I'm learning through this process of looking at my own revenue though uh, in an extremely through an extremely detailed lens, is that nine thousand ish dollars is what I feel like is my default right now. And by default, I mean it's the amount I can seemingly reach with ease just by doing what I do every week. So, for example, every week I release this podcast episode, a, a podcast episode every Thursday on the podcast. We do a promotional email to promote it, a social post. I have an average amount of interaction in my Facebook group, meaning I'm just, you know, interacting with people on a weekly basis uh, as they post in there. And I'm posting maybe twice myself, maybe three times. I do Instagram stories every day, a few stories, typically maybe one to two to three Instagram posts per week. And on average, I'd say I do one guest speaking engagement per week. That's just how they tend to iron out. Sometimes I'll book like 5 of them in a week, but you know, 2 of them are for the following week and 2 are for 3 months from now, but I end up I feel like doing about 1 a week. So that's my default. Uh, in other words, my like quote default amount. Maybe I think we should call this a baseline instead. That makes more sense. My baseline amount seems to be about $9,000. So by doing all those things I just mentioned, about $9,000 is what it seems like I can make without a ton of effort. To make more money in my business at this point in time, I have to do extra promotion, which means either working more, doing something special, working more can be a little or a lot more, or paying my contractors to do more work on my behalf. But sometimes this could just be like an additional promotional email. Like, hey, we're doing, not, I don't. I try not to do any flash sales anymore, but a flash promotion, like offering something we haven't offered or sending an invitation to work with me one on one, that kind of stuff. But what I'm also learning is that even doing a little bit more, trying to do that little bit extra, it can be draining both from like, an I'm working overtime perspective, but also from the stress of being in hustle mode, because it feels like, you know, we could could bring on a mindset expert to talk about this. You know, they say you should never feel bad about selling because you're just inviting people to work with you. But at at a certain point, I do feel like I'm pestering my audience. You all can let me know. Because I don't want to get to the end of every month, towards the end of every month, and say, "Oh, I need to make three thousand more dollars." I'm going to send fifteen emails and like promote everywhere. All of you will get over it. You'll get tired of it. You'll unsubscribe from my email list. You'll stop following me. So it has to be like a reasonable proportion of promotion uh, compared to all of the free and helpful education I give. Luckily, I think I give a lot of free and helpful education, so that does me a lot of favors. So. Focusing so hard on hitting my goal can be draining in and of itself, particularly <laughs> when I'm not hitting it, because then it's just this like mental fatigue of constantly being like, I set these lofty goals, I never hit them, it's stressful, it pisses me off, all that kind of stuff. And I know most of the time, um, Like it's not going to be too much of an issue, but I also, I'm always needing to think about balancing short-term and long-term goals. So I talked about this on Claire's podcast. Oh, you know what? So this is going to be a surprise, but on my friend, on my friend, Claire's podcast, the get paid podcast. She interviewed me about my business journey, and I'm actually going to be posting that episode here on Unfuck Your Biz in a couple of weeks. It's going to be kind of wacky. Like it'll be an episode on Unfuck Your Biz where I am being interviewed by someone else. But stay tuned for that. But just to give you a little bit of a glimpse into the future, Claire asked me, because I told her, like I do these monthly profit reports and I always look on about the 20th of each month to see how close I am to my goal. And then I'll do a special promotion if I need to in order to try to hit it. And she said, well, how... Don't you worry, she said, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, don't you worry that by constantly doing that, you're harming yourself in the long term by focusing on the short term. And again, paraphrasing, I told her I do a little bit, but this is where I always have to make sure that I'm balancing these two things. Because for example, if I have a really big promotion for all of you planned the second week of next month, and I'm going to be sending four promo emails, and I'm going to be doing a lot of podcast episodes on it, like... I want to give you a little bit of breathing room, right? We can't promote too heavy and too hard all the time. So if it's two weeks away from that, I'm probably not going to do a big push to hit this month's goal because that can negatively impact next month, which at the end of the day is going to leave me with less net income at the end of the year. So it is a little bit of a balancing act. With that in mind, I actually kept things pretty chill in April, not because I have anything huge planned for you this month in May. I don't really have a couple small things, Stay tuned. Um, It's more, it's actually less stuff I'm going to be doing promoting directly to you all. I'll talk about that more in a second. Um, So I kept things pretty chill in April because I felt like I'd pushed pretty hard the first three months of the year. I sent one bonus email um, about a week before the close of the month. And by bonus email, I mean, it's something other than our weekly email where I'm Promoting things to all of you, and it didn't really yield very much. Like nobody, nobody responded to it. Usually, when I actually, I take that back. I did get several responses. Um, a few people just said this was a really good email. Keep up the great work. But no, uh, no, like responses that ended up in uh, anyone hiring me. Let's put it that way. So. I opted just not to push it. Sometimes it's it's a type of validation, right? So if you ever do it like an Instagram story, I think we all see this and we're like, "Holy shit, I've gotten like 30 replies to this Instagram story. Clearly something's clicking." Whether you know, you're talking about your favorite restaurant and everyone's like, "I love that place," or you're talking a pet peeve and about a pet peeve and people really relate to it or you're sharing like a beautiful photo that you took of a client and everyone is gushing over it. That would tell you, you know what? A lot more people would probably want to take a photo like this. So maybe I should go back to that location, edit in the same way. You know, maybe it's like at nighttime. So you hadn't thought about that before. You get the picture. It validates an idea. So if I send an email and I get a ton of responses on it and a ton could be five people saying, yeah, I want to hire you. If, you know, we're talking about a thing I'm promoting that's a thousand dollars, that's a lot of money. In that case, I'm going to talk about it a lot more. You know, it's uh, putting fuel on the on the flame. Is that an expression? I think you all know what I'm getting at. If I don't get any responses to an email, that might just tell me, you know, maybe people are really busy this week, uh, or maybe the messaging behind this isn't as good, or maybe this thing I thought was going to be really popular just isn't popular. So I kind of I've learned to just kind of leave it. Sometimes I might try a second email with a different approach, and if that one doesn't work, we just call it a day. We move on to something else something I'm learning a lot or have learned a lot about in the past year. So a quick recap on the previous months before we get into this month's specifics. Uh, I did $16,000 in revenue in January, um, which looking back, I thought that was setting me up for a fantastic year. I've had a good year so far, but it turns out January is just usually always a good month. For me, because we're talking about new businesses in the start of the year, lots of exciting stuff. So 16,000 in January, 9,000 in February, 13,000 in March. And then in April, this past month, we did 10,000. So we've seen an up and down trajectory up in January, down in February, up in March, down in April. And I'm hoping, you know, the pattern continues and I'll have a really killer May, but we'll see. My goals for April, so this is where I give you like what I said last month when I said what my goal was for April, and then I'll share with you like what I actually did for each of these bullets. So my goal was 18000 in revenue. I did 10000 so not close really. Um, I was projecting about $6,400 in monthly recurring revenue or MRR. If you want more information about what MRR is, go listen to the previous proper reports. I talk about it a lot. I did 6,000 in, in MRR. My goal was to get three to five new Profit RX members per week. So, this is my membership, it's my primary program. Um, and my goal was to have about 50 people join m- at our monthly fee and five people join on our annual fee. We had about 10. Um, so, we hit about half of that, and one person joined annually. So, got about half of our revenue from that category. Uh, I was projected 50 contract vault sales, which would total $1,500 in revenue. After my original intent with the contract vault was to do a uh, higher volume of sales for the first couple months. And then starting in Q2, I projected maybe 30 contract vault per sales per month. But in uh, March, we had a huge month. We sold a hundred of the contract vault. It was really because we promoted it in some summits we participated in. So I thought, well, we'll shoot for 50 again in April because it's still happening, still selling like hotcakes. We ended up doing 31 in April, which was interesting because that was like right on target for my original projection. So we're sticking with 30 now moving forward as our goal. Uh, Two speaking engagements totaling $600. I hit that exactly. That one was easy because I'd already booked these things like before April, I just had to send the invoices. Uh, our profit, our ex-members can order physical copies of our textbook. We don't make a ton of profit on those because a lot of the money goes towards the actual cost of printing and shipping them. But I projected $2,500 in revenue for a little promotional push we did, and we only hit 600. So a handful of people bought their books. That's fantastic. Uh, it's Those are designed just really for the people that want them. I think we profit like $20 on every book order. So you know, if people don't want them at the end of the day, it's not going to... Not going to hit our bank account too hard. Uh, we also were focused on affiliate sales. So I'm going to kind of skip that bullet point because it's a lot of information that's not hyper relevant right now. And then um, in April, my goal was to make up our deficit for Q1. So in Q1, the goal was to make $15,000 per month. And so $45,000 for the quarter, we were $6,500 short. And um, So I thought, you know, maybe I can start making 17K per month to make that up in a couple months. So I'll shoot for $18,000 in April. That didn't end up really working out. I think that's a slippery slope when we constantly say, you know, we didn't hit it last month. So we're going to do more this month. And I feel like I do that a lot. And that's something I'm not going to do moving forward. As of this month, I decided that. Which just means, all that means is that we're probably not on track for our original annual goal. I mean, maybe we'll have a really killer second half of the year and we can still hit it. But meanwhile, until then, I have to be content to say, I'm still shooting for my original goals per month. I'm not going to try to overdo it to catch up for missed targets in the previous months. So, um, oh yeah. And my plan was to hit that 18K in April. I was going to do some one-on-one work I didn't end up doing any one-on-one work. So that was the bulk of the discrepancy. My plan, I think now is going to be to only do these one-on-one promotional pushes quarterly rather than monthly. So only taking one-on-one clients at the end of each quarter. Meanwhile, my goal is to increase the baseline that I talked about. So I said my baseline was around 9K. If I could do that, uh, increase it um, and then do the quarterly pushes. like I have an example of how I could hit 200K in revenue. So this is something you could think about if it fits your business model. Like to hit 200K in revenue, that could look like doing $14,000 a month baseline. This is probably something is that it's not realistic for me until next year, but it's something I can think about, right? So 14K per month would put me at 168,000 for the year. And then an extra $8,000 the last month of each year would make up the difference to hit that target. Or... If I'm doing one big launch a year, I can make $32,000 in that launch on top of my baseline to hit that 200K goal. These are just options. These are possibilities, things that I think about in terms of how my revenue can fluctuate each month and how it could break down differently to hit bigger picture goals. Something for you to think about as well, especially if you're in a seasonal business or you do launches like I do. So my current MRR, like I mentioned, now we're, ta- now we're kind of getting into what my May projections slash goals are. My current monthly recurring revenue is $6,000. I also have about 60 different folks who purchased um, or who joined ProfitRx from the bundles I participated in. Their trials will end this month. So if all 60 of those people started paying for ProfitRx, that could add $1,800 in, in, in MRR. But that's probably not going to happen, I would expect, or I shouldn't even say expect. I'm hoping that half of those people will stick around, meaning not cancel their memberships, in which case that would add you know, $900 of MRR. But we won't see, all of, all of that won't be realized until next month. Some trials are ending this month, some next month. So let's say our MRR goal is $6,300, all right? Um, speaking fees, 400. Again, that's something that I just already have booked. So I might, you know, book some other speaking engagements. We'll see affiliate commissions. Um, I'm hoping to earn $2,000 in affiliate commissions per month. And this is specifically from one thing I'm an affiliate for my friend, Ashley from the abundance group is launching at the time of recording this. She's launching her program, her group coaching program. On hiring and building your team, she launches that with her dad Dale. We did a training together on that last week about independent contractors versus employees, and uh, we've already had—I've already had three people from my audience join Ashley's program. I get affiliate commissions for that, uh, which is fantastic. At the time this podcast releases, there'll be one more day for people to get in their applications for Ashley's program. There are lots of things I could promote. I am promoting this in particular because it makes sense with what I teach. I tell you all, you know, typically I'm telling you, you, you can or you can't work with contractors in your business. And if you can't work with contractors, you need to hire them as employees. And oh, guess what? My friend Ashley can help you do that. So it's a natural fit. Um, we're hoping to get a few more sales for that. And that would be my affiliate commission uh, category for the month. And then contract vault sales of 30 sales for $900. So if I add up all those things, I'm about 80% confident that we can hit all those targets Give or take, uh, I would say I'm about a 99% confident we can hit all of those, give or take $800-ish on the commissions and contract vault sales. And that totals $9,600. So if we deduct the 800, it'd be 8,800. So either way, that gets us super close to our baseline. You can see how that works. It's like we always have at least a little something extra on our calendar that gets us to that baseline that we've pre Prepared, pre-planned, pre-planned for. But of course, I'd love to go beyond that. I want to bring in at least 10 new folks into RX. We're always bringing new people into the membership because it's a really a ridiculous value, $30 a month, and you get basically access to everything I've ever created. There's like eight courses in there, all sorts of stuff. That would put us over 10 k for the month. I also contemplated doing a contract vault price increase promotion, so it's $30, a month, or $30 flat fee right now. I thought about increasing that, but I think I've decided against it. Instead, I'm going to be rolling out an affiliate in a referral program. So if you already own the contract vault, you will be able to sign up to earn a small commission anytime you refer a friend to the contract vault and they purchase. And I'll be doing the same thing. I'm kind of differentiating between affiliates and referrals I look at, and I was talking to my friends about this this morning, some of uh, the VAs that work with me. And it's mostly just uh, kind of terms that we're using internally to differentiate how we're talking about the programs. But to me, a referral program is like, oh, I do HelloFresh and I really like it. And like, if you want to do it, you should go sign up. Like it's stuff that you're going to share with your friends because you really like something, right? So the referral program is just for those of you who've bought the vault and you want to share it. Whereas the affiliate program are for people who want to promote it to their email list and their Facebook groups to their students. And that's, will be a little bit more formalized because they'll also be promoting other things I'll be doing. So you all didn't even really need that info, but I'm going to overshare. So here we are. So stay tuned for that. We'll probably be emailing about it this week or next week. With this and maybe a couple of other small pushes in May, I would still love to shoot for $15,000 in revenue, um, but that might be a stretch with what I have planned. We'd probably have to do something extra to hit that. And I don't I don't know if I'm up for something extra this month between you and I, we'll see in a couple of weeks. So I'd be really happy if we hit $12,000, but either way we should get our baseline of nine. So in other words, I could say my goals if we're doing good, better, best goals. I love a good, better, best goal. Good would be 9K, better 12K, best 15K. And that's kind of our range. This also just makes me feel better because then when I come on the podcast next month and tell you that we hit 11,000, I can say we were between our good and our better goal (laughs) instead of just saying we didn't hit 15,000. And because I like to talk a lot about what I'm now calling the client to piggy bank pipeline, I want to share a little bit of personal info. So this pipeline, is I talk a lot about, we need to really think about how we're getting money from clients, where it's being directed into our business, and then once we get it to our personal bank account, what happens then. And this is important as well because it helps us get to the why. More on that in a moment. But last month, I shared with you all that I bought a new car. So I have a car payment now. I got, I got to make a little bit money to, to pay a little bit more money to make my car payment. Not really more money. I just need to you know keep hitting my baseline. I should be fine. Uh, I need to try to keep my credit card balances at zero. And that's always hard because of course, you always manage to justify like an additional purchase that you didn't have in your budget. And then you got to like pay that off, right? If, you were, if I was smart, I would just, you know, use my debit card for everything. And also my like medium term, I could call these short term or midterm, but probably more short term goals is to build out three months of operating expense savings in the business, something I really probably should already have, but I don't. So we're going to do that. Three months of operating expense savings. You like how I see we so often, just like me and all the voices inside of my head. Three months of operating expenses in the business. A $5,000 slush fund in the business so that would be for you know when we launch, if I want to do a big ad spend or I want to, I don't know, like hire a strategist or something, we just have it saved. The operating expense savings is there for emergencies. The slush fund savings is there with the intent to have it to spend when we want to spend it. And then when you spend it, you replenish it. That's important. So that would total $14,000 that I want to have in savings. And then I also need to begin putting my SEP IRA on autopilot because I keep telling myself, I'm going to start my retirement savings and I just don't do it, Uh, which I'm sure a lot of you can relate to. For those of you who have that taken care of, that's amazing. For those of you that don't, I would encourage you to start as soon as you're making enough money to like pay all your bills, which you know, I think I'm now in my fifth year of business and it's just now on my like actual to-do list. So don't feel bad if you're not there yet, okay? My personal salary is about five thousand dollars per month uh, through my payroll company, and that is pretty much all needed for bills. Uh, my overhead is about twenty five hundred dollars per month in the business, so seventy five hundred dollars a month is pretty much what I like have to make at this point. So my baseline of nine thousand, assuming that I make that every month, leaves me with fifteen hundred extra dollars that I can put towards these bullet like these bullet pointed goals: the operating savings, the slush fund, the SEP IRA. Um, the SEP IRA eventually will be folded into my salary, but we'll get to that in a little bit later. So if I hit my baseline, I can slowly work towards these goals. But the reality is that $1,500 always manages to get lost. And by lost, I mean, it's spent on things that we don't plan for in advance. I think I'm sure you can relate to that. Um, Very relatable thing. If I want to hit these goals, I probably am going to need to hit my better and best goals uh, sooner rather than later because uh, I like to I like to do things pretty fast. Um, I'm really bad. I'm like really really bad at doing you know saving two hundred dollars a month or doing fifty dollars here and fifty dollars there. If it's just that amount, I spend it. But if I can make twelve thousand dollars in the month of May and then I have three thousand extra dollars in my bank account, it's easy for me to just transfer that lump sum. Um, which is also something I've learned about myself uh, over the past few years for sure. So hitting my better goals is going to help me fill those buckets of savings much more quickly and reach these personal goals. So I like to share this more personal stuff. I guess really that that's not even very personal. The retirement account is, but the business savings is not really personal. But once those uh, slush funds and savings get funded, then we will, we will get on to more personal financial goals. I say those again, because it's so important for us to have a why behind our business revenue projections. Because if our goal is just to make money for the sake of making money, that's not very motivating, unless you know, like you do want to become the next Elon Musk. That's not most of us though. Instead, we have things we want to do. We want to go on vacations. We want to visit family. We want to buy nice gifts for our nieces and nephews. Save for our retirement. And there's a certain amount of money we have to make from our business in order to do that, you know, based on your living expenses, overhead, if you have children, all that kind of stuff. It's different for all of us. So that's all I really have on that. If you, love these profit reports, let me know, share about it on social. I would love it if you would tag me on Instagram stories that helps me grow the podcast. That's one of our big goals this year. So that would be fantastic DM me on Instagram. I always love that. And if you're curious about any of these things that I mentioned, like in terms of you want to buy them or become a student of them. Go to my website. We'll have it linked in the show notes. You can always grab the contract vault. And keep in mind, if you join ProfitRx, my membership, you automatically get access to the contract vault. So you can get the vault and way, way more by joining the program. If you want to learn more about it, slash get started towards your own profitable journey, make sure to sign up for my free training which we'll link in the show notes as well. But it is titled How to Turn Your Business into a Wealth-Generating Machine. And we will talk about how to build out these fundamentals to get your finances in order. And once you sign up, you'll also get a special offer to join my membership at a reduced rate, which is super fun. So that's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share with your friends, like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. And I will be back in your podcast app next Thursday. Have a good one.